The Electrician Podcast, powered by Schneider Electric. We're bringing you the electrical industry experts you need to hear to discuss the topics you need to know about. Hey guys, and welcome to The Electrician Podcast, powered by our friends over at Schneider Electric. And guys, if you don't know our voices just yet, where have you been? Don't forget to hit subscribe on this podcast. This is where we get the absolute luxury of bringing you the best news, topics, and conversations from the electrical industry. My name's Adam Callow. And my name's Harrison Mudge. And we're from Expert Trades, but we have a partnership with our friends over at Schneider and have the absolute luxury of doing this podcast with them. So today's show is a little bit different, actually. So we've had some quite expansive shows in the past on some topics. And one thing that we did in the electricians group that's right and if you're not already part of the electrician group head over to facebook search the electrician group powered by schneider electric hit join and we'll get you in there because there's so much great conversations happening and guys it'd be great to see you in that facebook group because again schneider produce a huge amount of content to support the industry and then these two voices you will actually get to see us on camera because every couple of weeks we do something called sparky games where we have some fun with the community you get to build some relationships and win some prizes absolutely and it was actually in that group that we started to say guys you're clearly enjoying the podcast we can see that the numbers are going up and we want to bring you more value on the podcast so we actually give you a way to submit a question that we would help answer on the show and if something that we can answer here at expert trades we'll jump on the mics alternatively we'll bring in an expert and h we had a question from danny d wasn't it it was indeed he was asking essentially he's looking to go self-employed and he was asking about certifications insurances and all that good stuff so naturally we're not experts in this field so we called up schneider and we're like hey can you connect us with someone you've got a lot more sway than us in this space <laughs> And they did. They connected us over with Paul Collins over at Searchshore. And originally, this was going to be like a small snippet, a couple of minutes on the show as just a answer to a listener question. But the conversation got quite expansive. We ended up having Ben Curry from Electrical Innovations on the show. And that's what you're about to hear now. Yeah, we got Ben on to give, again, like I say, we, we're, we're not pros in this space, nor are we electricians. So we got Ben on, who's a very successful electrician. He's got a growing team, uh, just to give his sort of perspective on things as well. So. so H, if you can drop that audio. And guys, don't forget to stick around to the end because we're going to show you how you can get your questions answered on this very podcast. Guys, as you would have heard, We've got a new segment coming to today's show because, as we've always promised, we're going to do our best to answer your listener questions. And if one of the team here at Expert Trades can help, we'll pull them onto the mics. But we had a question from Daniel Dempster. So we've pulled on Paul Collins as well as Ben Curry. They'll do some quick intros in a second. But let's just quickly remind ourselves of Daniel Dempster's question, and then we'll jump into the answer. Hi, guys. So basically what it is, um, I'm just looking to start up my own electrical business up where I live in Edinburgh in Scotland. And I'm just looking for some pointers in the right direction. Um, what type of insurances do I need? Do I need uh, further qualifications to what I've got? Um, governing bodies and stuff like that is. I've checked Google and stuff. It's a bit of a grey area, so I just I just want to do the right thing. And if anybody could help me, that would be great. Cheers. So let's bring you guys onto the mics. Paul, do you want to give a quick introduction to who you are and what you do? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, Paul Collins. I'm the head of technical services at NICIC and Alexa. Um, my, my remit there is, is looking after everything technical in respect of technical helpline, uh, our online services, our publications that we do and, and, and work with the team to uh, produce Connections magazine and, and, and podcasts as well. So, yeah, focus on technical aspects. Perfect. Amazing to have you in the mics. And Mr. Curry, member of the community. Um, so, yeah, my name's Ben. I'm a local electrical contractor in Derby. 
we are actually NIC. Um, I've been doing it 24 years, and the company I did my apprenticeship was a NIC, EIC approved contractor as well. So it's come full circle, really. Well, I will say firsthand, Ben, that you don't look old enough to be doing this 24 years. <laughs> like, uh, just, just for everyone's uh, knowledge, Ben jumped on and he looks immaculate. And he just found out this is an audio only podcast. He looks the best <laughs> I've actually ever seen him. Um, so let's jump into Danny D's question, which was setting up a new business. And he's looking for pointers of what insurances and qualifications are needed. So Paul, if you had an opportunity to sit with Danny or any spark just coming into the industry, what advice would you be giving around the qualifications and insurances that they need to get started? So I think I'd start with, with referring to a website called electricalcareers.co.uk. It's a fantastic resource that's been developed by TESP, Electrotechnical Skills Partnership, um, which is an industry-wide wide group that actually provide a lot of support and a lot of guidance for people coming in, in, into, into the industry as an apprentice, you know, coming leaving school and coming in that way. Or as an adult learner, that somebody wants to maybe change career from an office job, for example, to become an electrician, or for people that's already in the industry that want to get their experience and their knowledge recognised by an experienced worker route. So I think I'd sit down and, and run through that that website and look at the different routes for that person, um, because there are different qualifications that are available across the UK. So you know, I think uh, uh, the question coming from Scotland, so there is different qualifications in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, than there is in England, for example. So yeah, sit down, run through the qualification requirements, look at the the qualifications required and the different routes that you, that are available to get these qualifications. Uh, yeah, and that's that would be my starting point around you know getting gaining qualifications. Nice one. And Ben, from your experience hearing that, can you just outline the path that you took to get into the industry, and I guess anything that you learned or would do differently? Yeah. So the, there's I guess two sides to this. Is the path I took personally, but there's also the path that we put our team through now so i went into a modern apprenticeship so we we started that in um, 1998 and we went in with the jtl who is still operating now um, and that was very much one day release one one day a week day release to college four days on site with the employer and different organizations obviously do that a bit different you can do block release and all that sort of stuff but the main one for me was i left school and it was done through the careers office at school, which I, I don't think they still do anymore to some extent. We get emails all the time from kids at school wanting to get into the industry um, as at the young level. Um, and they're mainly put towards the colleges now. So they'll go to, say, Derby College, but they won't have a work placement with that. So they'll be look, reaching out to local employers in the area for that work placement. Now, the other way is going in as an adult learner. It, the important thing, I think, is finding a good company to work with because there's so many companies out there. And by that, I mean electrical company. There's so many companies out there that will use the lads for cheap labor but not be interested in progressing the careers. So getting a company that's willing to take you under the, the wing is very important. Um, how that looks for each person's individual situation is different, but it's very much trying to find someone who can mentor you through the system, really. And Ben, if someone comes into Electrical Innovations today, what are you doing to showcase that you're not just going to use them for cheap labor and you're actually going to mentor them through it? So if someone listens to this, how do they vet their potential employer to know that they're actually going to give them the time and attention they need to make them not only have some experience, but also be qualified and um, confident on the job? Yeah, so I mean, we've grown a lot in the last few years. We went from a team of three to a team of 10 in about 18 months. And we had a really hard time hiring. 
And when I stepped back and looked at what issues we're having and how we can try and improve that, it was the amount of time I was spending on trying to recruit. It was, you know, it was a tiny piece of the week. Um, if I spent 40 hours on the tools, I'd be spending four minutes on maybe mentioning someone who I was recruiting. So when we stepped back and looked at it, we, what can we do? We now make an effort continuously, even when we're not hiring, to showcase the company. So we're looking at showing people the types of work we do, showing people the vans that we drive, the uniform we get, the tools we use, talking about the fact that different staff members are going on training courses, whether that's a, a legitimate qualification or just an installer course, or even some just some CPD, continuous development of reading articles like Connections Magazine. Um, and we do all of that, and we, we try and show that on our social media channels so people can see what's going on. So if they did research us to try and apply for a job, they'd be seeing that sort of thing going on. Um, the other one is writing for articles for the likes of Professional Electrician and similar magazines, just to try and you know showcase our company and what we do. Some great advice there. And when someone comes into you, so someone's listening to this right now and saying, okay, uh, before I go into an employer, I'm going to check their social media profiles, make sure they're telling their story. And I want to see some content that actually connects me with the brand a little bit and makes me think this is a place I can learn and develop. What do you look for when someone comes in to know that this is someone you'd actually want to bring on? What What's the indicators there to say, actually, this is someone that I want to bring into the business? You know, sounds like you took seven people on the last 18 months, which is bloody impressive. Yeah, it was emotional. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's just the basics, isn't it? So, when you get a text off someone who's found your number online saying, got any work, mate? No, <laughs> no, I don't like, <laughs> you know, but when you get a nice email off someone who's took the time to research the company, know who we are, know the sort of work we do, and they've maybe tailored their cover letter to the situation. For example, um, one of the most recent people we took on, he, we was advertising for an approved electrician but he was at the other end of the scale getting into the industry, but he lived in the area. So he, he sent us a cover letter saying, I've moved to the area with five minutes from your office. This is my experience I've done so far. This is where I want to do with my training. Can you help? And then because of that, I read it. I knew he took the time when we got him in for an interview and we, we gave him a job and he's been here a year now. Nice. Yeah. A, a bunch of things for both sides of the coin there that people can learn from. You, you mentioned in our initial conversation, Ben, that you were NICIC qualified. What made you pick NICIC or is it something that you were sort of grandfathered in from who you did your apprenticeship with? So, I mean, we see this in the industry all the time. So if you go on to one of the big Facebook groups or something like that and you say um, something to the effect of our insurance company have asked for NIC, but I'm NAPIT, um, what does that mean? You'll get all the people who are in NAPIT or NAPIT or however you want to say it, saying, oh, that shouldn't be a thing. That's against the rules. They can't discriminate and all of this. And then you get the guys who are NIC approved and they just carry on quietly. And I never wanted to explain to a customer what Stroma was and why it's the same but different. Or I never wanted to explain to a customer how NAPIT is the same as the NIC but it's a bit different. And from my point of view, it was all about, it was important for that brand awareness for the customers of they've known NIC for years. Insurance companies ask for the NIC approved contractor, not because it's any better than NAPIT. It's just because it's what they know. And that makes my life easy. It makes it really easy. And I don't have to worry about trying to explain to a, someone who just works in the back office of an insurance company or something, why NAPIT is 
completely the same in terms of your insurances, your qualifications, and all the rest. And I'm sure this chap will tell me why the NRC isn't exactly the same, but essentially it's a, it's a, a scheme that checks your competency and it's mostly the same thing, but it's an established brand that over the years people just refer to like a Hoover, you know, a vac- you don't say a vacuum cleaner, you say Hoover. You don't say I need a um, registered electrical governing body. You say I need an NIC approved contractor. So for us, we, we went down that route. Also the fact that we, as an apprentice, I'd been with the NIC. As a sole trader doing subcontracting, I'd been with an NIC company quite a lot. I knew the assessors in the local area and I'd, I'd done visits with them on site before. It just made sense for us. Perfect stuff. It sort of reminds me from like a, another trade, which is like the Corgi and the gas safe register. It's like people just knew Corgi as a brand. So people are still asking for Corgi today. Uh, Paul, it gives me a nice little opportunity to move the conversation across to like the governing body. And when people are thinking about which governing bodies to participate with or get accredited with, what are the expectations or what should a electrician expect from a governing body? What is the support? What is your purpose? What do you actually do at the NIC that supports the electrical industry? That's a, that's a very big question. I think that one of the first things is to point out we're a certification body. We certify electrical businesses to undertake uh, electrical work, whether that's installation work or periodic inspection, as, as well as across other building services sectors like you know renewables, uh, PAS 2030, etc. So you know, as, as a certification body, we, we cover a wide uh, range of uh, activities. Uh, as a brand, NICSE has been around since 1956, so it's well established, well recognised. As Ben said, you know, it, it's specified in tenders. Uh, you know, it, it is well known in the industry, and and very much like Ben, I started my career in 1990 working for NICSE approved contractors, and you know, it is logical to follow that through uh, throughout my career, which I have done, uh, and I've just been very fortunate to be able to work for uh, the NICSE as I do now. But as that, sorry to jump in, as that certification body, are you purely there to police the industry or do you actually add any other value apart from saying this person is doing work that is up to standard? What value outside of that do you create or is that purely what the NICIC do? Well, there is yeah, stuff outside. We don't police the industry. What we do is assess electrical contractors' competence to be able to uh, you know, install work, compliant with BSM 671 or issue uh, EICRs, et cetera. What we also do is provide a whole uh, raft of support services now, we touched on Connections Magazine, Ben mentioned that, you know, that's our quarterly magazine that contains a lot of technical support for uh, for contractors, uh, a lot of information. We do webinars on a, 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 a monthly basis, there's two or three webinars that goes on. We've got a technical helpline uh, available, which takes calls and emails. Um, we, we took last year over 72,000 calls from contractors to help and support them with questions that they have when they're out on site. So there's lots of stuff that we do that adds values. We, we have training courses um, so, you know, to support contractors on a day-to-day basis, there's a lot of stuff there uh, and, and more coming. What we do in the industry is we, we represent, uh, you know, the certification body uh, in, in various industry forums. We were members of JPOW 64, which is the, the committee that actually produced and updated wiring regulations. So actually, we, we take what we learn from our assessments in the field, you know, going around, we go out to see Ben and contractors. Uh, we, we take that and then feed that back into uh, wiring regulations committees. And, you know, hopefully so we, we can, you know, keep in contact with what's happening at the coal phase. So that leads into, you know, standards and how standards develop. So that there's a lot there in respect of, you know, scheme, competence and industry engagement as well. Paul, appreciate that. I think one thing that came out of the conversation just actually before we hit record is the relationship between Searchall and the NIC EIC. 
And Ben, you've mentioned that you're NICIC, but you also get emails from Searchall. Um, what is that relationship, Paul? Could you explain what that is? So if someone's coming to the industry and they're hearing about these different brands, how does that relationship work? Yeah, yeah, no problem. So Searchall is the, the corporate business behind the NICIC brand. Um, so that's the bits where you, you know you have the invoices from at Searchall around you know, scheme fees, et cetera. Searchall is owned by the Electrical Safety, Count, Electrical Safety First and the ECA, Electrical Contractors Association. So you know, as, as an organization, we are owned by uh, Electrical Safety Charity and also Electrical Industry Trade Association. So the, the, the surplus, the profit that we generate from running NICIC schemes and brands, et cetera, we then you know, part, put that back into the industry you know, to the charity to do its work around electrical safety, uh, consumer awareness, et cetera, and also into ECA to promote uh, um, the, the electrical industry as a trade association. So, you know, we, we're not privately owned. We do, you know, good stuff as well with, with the surplus that we generate. Perfect stuff. Ben, any follow-up to that? Or did you know all of that ahead of time? When you've kind of come through your career, did you understand that relationship? No, not a clue. So, um, the, the first time I actually realised it was when I had to go back through my emails and find an old invoice or something and couldn't find anything. It, it was actually, I think, my enrolment certificate um, and it came from Searchshaw and there's no mention of NIC on the email. So a search of my emails of NIC wouldn't bring it up. And uh, then I'm like, oh, okay, that's odd, but also <laughs> not, it's fine. <laughs> Guys, for, for Daniel, who submitted this question, I want to try and add as much value to Daniel as possible. So. Let's try and wrap this up with some really clear advice of what Daniel should do. He's coming into the industry, going into self-employed. So from, from both ends of the spectrum, from Ben, you having done it, to Paul, you living it day to day from the certification side. What's the? F He's based in Edinburgh, and you've mentioned the electoralcareers.co.uk website, which I visited previously. Thanks very much for sharing, which actually breaks it down region by region, which is what they need to do. What are the first steps outside of going to that website that you, if you were having a beer with Danny, would say, if you're coming into the industry, here's the things you need to know. I'm going to poise the question to both of you, but I'm going to vamp for another five or 10 seconds to give you an opportunity to have a think. If you could have a beer with Danny, what's the top tips you'd give him after listening to the show? Paul, over to you. Okay. So the first thing I do is sit down and go through the website, you know, as we talked about the, the electrical careers website, then talk about training providers. You know, there, there are uh, you know hundreds of training providers out there across the UK that offer training courses um so yeah you need to be very uh, conscious of the training provider that you, you you talk to and talk to a number of them to get advice from them um what is clear from the the routes that we have they're not five-week courses you're not going to become uh, a level three or level seven in scotland you know electrician in five weeks you know it takes a lot longer than that to to do this there is no shortcuts for people coming into the industry so you know that is you know, the first bit of advice look at the routes look at the training providers there's been campaigns running recently around rogue trainers. You know, take take three, four thousand pounds to say you're going to get all these little short courses. And when you finish that, that means you're electric. It doesn't mean that. So look very carefully at uh, um, the training provider and the provision and what you get at the end of it. Um, and then moving on from there is experience. I think, you know, you go through that and you need to pick up experience of doing the electrical work. And, and that needs to be varied across various types of installations. Um, and then if you're looking to join a scheme, electrical scheme, so in Scotland, we have the NICIC approved contractor scheme, uh, England, Wales, we have the approved contractor scheme and the domestic installer scheme, depends on what type of work you're doing. So, you know, th th there are various schemes that people can apply to join. So 
what you'll need for that is to be able to demonstrate uh, you know, your competence. And that's, we look at work that you've carried out. So we actually go to site to look at work uh, and uh, we assess that work. You need to have insurances in place. So public liability insurance, professional indemnity insurance, if you're doing periodic inspection. So that's your main insurance requirements, plus all your technical publications like BSM 671, uh, um, electricity at work regulations, test equipment, you need to hold uh, a, a set of test equipment, whether that's a multifunction test or individual units, they need to be checked for ongoing accuracy. So there's lots of different bits that you need to have in place. And if you're employing people, you know, if you get to that point, you need to start thinking about management systems, competent management systems and quality management systems. So, you know, Ben, with people that you're employing, you'll, you'll be thinking about their training records, their personal development, their CPD records and all, all that stuff. So as you, as you start developing your business from a schemes perspective, it will start to grow around the requirements that, that, that you need to have in place. Uh, some absolutely top advice in there, Paul, and it's put across so succinctly. I appreciate it. Ben, from your side of the table. You get an opportunity to sit down with Danny D. It's my nickname for Danny, by the way. Um, what advice would you be giving him? So I'm, I'm not going to um, go over all of what Paul's just covered because that was spot on. And it just goes to show how much you actually need to think about because there's a lot there. Um, places like the NIC, EIC will give you a checklist to go down for things like that. So what I'd say, there's two main things that really had a big impact on our business. Um, one of them was using job management software. So something to manage your diary. It could be as simple as Google Calendar, um, or it could be a dedicated standalone app or anything in between. Um, getting something like that from the start will really save a lot of hassle in the long run. Um, being able to get used to digital invoicing and all of that sort of thing is really important. Um, it doesn't really go, you know, the people who will teach you how to get into the industry, it's not, it might not be something that they ever have to think about. So, but it's something that once you start running your own business, whether it's in an electrical industry or if you're a hairdresser or anything in between, having managing your clients and your client communications is really important. And on the subject of that, um, reviews and reputation. So you could be domestic, you could be industrial, you could be anything in between. Having your clients coming in, being happy, having you in again, or passing your name on to new people is very important. So having that pipeline of work coming in you might have that already. That's why you're thinking of getting into the industry. You might not have that and needing to be starting from scratch. You might not have any inclination of going self-employed. It might be you'll, be you'll be employed by someone and not have to worry about that. But reputation still matters. If you start working for a company and get a bad reputation, it soon gets around. Especially, as, you know, I was at Edinburgh at the weekend. It's not a big city. I'm sure every electrical contractor in Edinburgh knows all the other electrical contractors. Reputation management is very important, whether that's reviews with customers or just, um, you know, employers knowing that you're conscientious and, you know, you take care of your work, you take care of their customers when you're working for them. So those are the two things, you know, um, and it's all revolves about uh, how you present yourself to the people that you're working with and for. Some absolutely top advice there, guys, from both sides of the spectrum, from all the details of what you need to get started through to actually how to run your business and win that business by word of mouth and reputation keyword there. Guys, I want to give you both an opportunity to plug something at the end of this because you've been absolutely wonderful on the show, giving us some great advice. Paul, where would you like people listen to this? If they want to learn more about you or the work that you're involved with, where would you send people to? I think to start with nicic.com, our, our main website is, is there for you know, consumers as well as contractors. There's a contractor section on there where you can uh, uh, you know, find out further information about the schemes. 
If you're already registered with us, like Ben, um, we have a, a customer portal where you can access uh, a lot of technical material, a lot of the webinars and a lot of the videos that we produce are on the, the customer portal for uh, you know, our registered contractors to access. So NICIC.com and the customer portal for, for people who are already re registered with us. Brilliant stuff. And for those of you that are listening, if there are any follow-up questions to this, please post them into the electricians group powered by Schneider Electric, and we will get that across to Paul and we will get that on a future episode of the show. And Ben, what are you plugging at the moment, mate? I, <laughs> it sounds like you're always hiring. I know you're based in Derby. So what do you, where, where should people go to if they're thinking, actually, this guy sounds pretty cool. I wonder if he's got any opportunities available. It's TikTok at the moment. TikTok. Um, 300,000 views in a week. <laughs> there we go. My guy. Oh, so, yeah. Our TikTok channel's blowing up at the minute. But yeah, you can find us on all the social media platforms. It's just Electrical Innovations or, you know, just Ben Coy, Electrician. I pop up on most of them. Feel free to get in touch. If I can help with any of this, I will. Um, we have got a YouTube channel where we talk about, you know, life as an electrician. You can check us out on there as well. Guys, thank you so much for your time today. Let's leave it there. So a big thank you to Paul and Ben joining Adam on the mics there. And one thing, one big takeaway I took from this, if nothing else, guys, you need to check out the link that Paul shared. I'll put it in the description of the show. So I don't have to read it out to you guys. It's quite long and lengthy, but check the description of the podcast to see all the certifications in the different areas that you might need. I actually checked that link out. It's super simple, very easy to understand and gives you some clear guidance of where you are in the country and what you need to be considering. Again, just to echo that, thanks to Paul. Thanks for Ben. I really enjoyed the conversation. As I said, we got on with an expectation of a couple of minutes conversation, but these guys took it into a place that hopefully when you listen to the show, you got something from it. And if you are listening to this show thinking, actually, I would love to get some support in a certain area of my business, whether it's business related finance, sales, marketing, or more of the technical side about being an electrician. If you're new into the industry, what tools do you need to have? What advice would you like to be given from someone that's time served? Any questions that come to mind, we have a super simple way to submit them. In the description of this very podcast, you'll see a link to something called a video ask. That link allows you to hit record on your phone, wherever you listen to this, you can submit it, We'll receive it and we'll get it answered on a future show. And don't worry, there's no video to this. It's, it would just purely be the audio. So don't worry, you don't have to glam up with a load of makeup or anything like that. It's just your voice. So for those of you that were concerned and you do have a face for radio, <laughs> it's fine. You can get your questions answered too. Guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode. We look forward to bringing you more value through the Electrician Podcast powered by Schneider Electric. Thanks for listening. If you are enjoying this show, please leave a review. Hit subscribe and stay tuned for more episodes.